Thank you. Well, there you go. Look, you have me every morning, so I don't know what to, don't know what that was about. But thank you, Angela. I appreciate the uh, the effort trying to endorse me as some mighty speaker. But you know, it's just it's just me. You know, <laughs> it's just Lindsay. All right. I feel a bit old school with um with a laptop. You know, everyone nowadays got iPads, haven't they? So uh, when you see a preacher, they've got that little iPad. You don't see it, and you just think that they're you know, miraculously talking, but uh, I feel like I'm preaching circa 2005 or something, but hey, don't worry, we'll push through. Okay. I just want us to pray, all right? This morning, I, I feel that the Lord has given me something to release in this place, and um, I need help. Thank you, Angela, for already praying for me, but uh, I want us to pray for ourselves as well. Um, the Bible says, he who has ears, let him hear. And I want us to pray for ourselves this morning that we would hear what the Holy Spirit has for each one of us. Okay, there are going to be different nuggets, hopefully, that the Lord is dropping into our spirit this morning. So um, not all of it is for every single person. So if we just stand to our feet, I just want us to pray for ourselves. Let's just pray and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to, our, to, speak to us and to... Um, to bring transformation this morning, to bring breakthrough this morning, to bring shift this morning. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you would anoint me, anoint my lips. Father, I pray that I would speak the words that you want to speak this morning. Use me as a vessel. Father, I pray that your people would hear what you need to speak to them personally. I pray that you, the Holy Spirit, would tailor a personal message for every individual here this morning for the sake of breakthrough, for the sake of transformation, and for the sake of the advancement of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. So we are continuing on uh, in the theme of kingdom authority. Uh, so I'm loosely talking about uh, authority in our context. What I'm hoping is that I'm going to uh, impart by the Spirit a new level of authority to you. So we won't really be hearing the word authority, but I'm hoping by what I try and unpack this morning that you will leave with a new level of authority. Is that all right? All right. Okay. All right. So the title of my message this morning is this. It's time to grow up, church. Okay? Ouch. All right? You can turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry, she's talking to herself too. Okay? No, not just talking to me. <laughs> not just talking to you, talking to me too. All right, but I just really believe that this is the message that the Lord has laid on my heart for us this morning, that it is time to grow up. It's time for us to stop playing church. Is that all right? Okay, that all right? You're going to love me after? Oh, good. A lot more than I thought. <laughs> That's good. That's encouraging. All right. <laughs> okay, so I want to look at uh, three things. I want to look at where we are now. I want to look at where we're going and I want to look at how we get there, okay? So, where are we now? I want to ask you a few questions. It's going to be mildly interactive. I say mildly. Um, I want to ask you, are you happy with your life right now? 
so some of these questions are going to be a little bit self-reflective, okay? So are you happy with where you're at? Are you happy with your spiritual life, with your financial life, with your family life, with your emotional well-being? Are you happy in every single area? Are you satisfied with where you're at this morning? Okay? And while I carry on talking, I want you to have some of these questions going through your mind. What do you want your life to look like? What sort of life do you want? Not the life you've got right now, but what do you want your life to look like? Do you have specific goals? Do you have dreams? Are they written down? Do you have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan? What legacy do you want to leave behind? What do you want people to know you for when you're not with us anymore on earth? See, I think the thing is, one of the challenges of where we're at in society at the minute is that the enemy's strategy is to rob us of the ability to dream dreams. The enemy's strategy is to rob us of the ability to chase our dreams. He tries to rob the dreams and he tries to thwart us by bringing a lot of chaos so we can't actually then push into the dreams we have. Some of us, just through the grind of life, have lost the ability to dream. We, we literally feel like we're on a treadmill, like a hamster. You've seen hamsters going around on a treadmill. I feel for a few of us here this morning, we feel like that, that we're on a treadmill. We can see what we want our lives to look like, but we just can't quite access it. So what legacy do you want to leave behind? Do you have specific goals and dreams written down? Did you have dreams that you've forgotten about? Because I can guarantee you that if you don't have some of those things that I've just mentioned, if you don't know the answer to some of those questions, your impact on the world will be limited. That's just a reality, okay? I'm speaking to myself, not just you guys. I'm not here saying I've got it all sewn up. But we have to have some of these things, some of these fundamentals in place if we want a great impact. If we don't want a great impact, that's fine. Don't bother. But I believe that many of us in this church want to do great things for God, want to have a great impact and want to leave a legacy when we go to eternity. Amen? All right. Okay, so that's a little bit of self-reflection. Where are we at? I want to look at where we're going. So I don't know if you know, but this church, it has an apostolic mandate, okay? It's not the only thing that it's called to be, but one of the things that this church is called to be, it has an apostolic mandate. Okay, so that is, uh, I don't know, a big word, but all it really means is that we're a church that's called to develop people, okay? Uh, We're called to develop people to a place where they can be released um, as mature leaders, um, where they can be released to start other ministries, where they can release to start businesses, uh, where they can re- be released to plant churches and be released to be leaders in their spheres of influence. That's all that really means, okay? And I believe that one of the mandates here at CLF is that we are called to raise up those sorts of people, okay? People that will go and shake nations, all right? Do you see yourself as a nation shaker? Ooh. Good Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who sees themselves as a nation shaker in this place? Who knows that there is a call on them 
in their heart to bring transformation. It might not be in the church, it could be in the workplace, it might be to plant churches, it might not be in this nation, it might be in business, it might be in other areas, but you know, wave at me, you know that you are called to do something for God. All right, good, that's most of us. Phew, oh. otherwise I just thought I'd turned up in the wrong church or something like that this morning. Okay, fine. All right, so like I've said, you might be called into business, okay? You might be called into health. You might be called into education. So you might not necessarily be called to the church, okay? So not everybody is called to work out their mandate in the church, okay? We're all called to be in the church, but not everyone has a calling to the church, if that makes sense. I'll try and unpack that. So, we're going back to school a little bit now. So, our primary calling as Christians is what? What is our primary calling as a Christian? That's right. Thank you, Daniel. That is exactly right, to make disciples. Our primary calling as Christians is to be disciple makers, okay? All right, our secondary calling is um, where we outwork that. So, for example, everybody in here, whether you know it or not, you are a disciple maker, okay? The apostolic part, okay, is just basically where you do that. So, if you do that in the context of church, if you do that in the context of marketplace, does that make sense? Are we here? Yes, okay, fine. All right. So, our calling determines where we do that and where our sphere of influence is. So, for example... I'm called to church. So what that means is I am called to be a church builder. I'm called to be in the church and to build the church. Uh, I've got a friend who I work with. His name is Jeff. He is a big business guy in finance, okay? Going for it, rocking Christian, but he's called to the business world. And his apostolic ministry means that he creates something of church essentially in a secular environment does that make sense okay right so that's what he's called to do Angela is Angela Manquire here this morning no she's not I know that Angela has a calling on her life to education okay so her sphere of influence is in education so what that means is she comes to church she serves in church she does church stuff but her ultimate calling is to utilize all that's put in her in the education sphere. That makes sense? To, to raise up um, a godly education system, to create godliness, to bring the kingdom of God into that which, where she is planted, right? So that's, that's kind of the difference there. So we're called to usher God's presence into wherever our feet are rooted, okay? So wherever our feet are planted, that is where we're called to usher in the presence of God, okay? So, if you're called to the church, you may have another job, but that might be a tent-making job. So, for example, uh, you may be a delivery driver, okay? I know in an old church, I used to, there was a guy in my cell group, he was a taxi driver. And he basically, that was just how he paid his bills, but he spent all of his time serving the church, okay? Does that all make sense? We're all there on that. Right. So, in that context, I know that God has so much more for us as a church. Who's excited with where we're at as a church at the minute? Okay. Who wants to go further, deeper, wider? Okay. Me too. All right. But if we're going to get there, we're going to have to change some things, church. 
we're going to have to grow up a little bit. Okay? If we want to see God impacting our world in our sphere of influence, if we want to see healings, miracles, signs and wonders in the workplace where we're rooted, we're going to have to start being a little bit more on time at work. <laughs> we're going to have to start being a bit more faithful to our bosses. We're going to have to stop entering into certain gossip. We're going to have to change a bit about who we are. Because it's one thing that Steve was praying this morning. And um, he was saying that we cannot carry the presence of the Holy Spirit unless we are vessels for the Holy Spirit. So if we are doing all sorts of silliness, if we're behaving uh, immaturely in our faith, we're not going to see God move to the measure that we want to see him move. Does that make sense? All right. You still all right with me? Okay. So you know the Welsh Revival? Has anybody ever heard of the Welsh Revival? Okay, it was started by young people. I'm also very excited by what God is doing with our young people. I went to give a notice last week. Um, and I'm just really excited by what is going on. I think the leaders that are there are great. And um, I'm really just impressed with what God is doing in our young ones. You know, I really see them going far. I'm looking forward to the day. Uh, and I believe that it's not far away, a couple of months I want to see some of our young people getting up, giving testimonies when Angela or when everyone's coordinating and they're saying, actually, we've got a testimony. I want to start seeing those young people come and uh, start to give testimonies. I know that day is coming. So the Welsh Revival was incidentally started by young people. But do you know one of the biggest marks of that revival? It was a very small and weird, insignificant thing. Because the revival touched a coal mine industry in Wales, um, one of the biggest transformations was that all of the ponies, so if you're in the mines, you use a pony, okay, so the ponies would bring out the carts of, of uh, uh, coal. But the way they used to talk to them, obviously wasn't in very clean language. So when revival came, they actually had to get new ponies, because the old ponies couldn't understand what these people were trying to tell them. That, that is a bona fide fact you can research that how cool is that wouldn't it be awesome if in our workplaces people knew you as the person to go to to get breakthrough for sickness for healing wouldn't that be amazing wouldn't wouldn't it be awesome if someone knew that they had a problem and they could come to you because they knew that you had access to God that there was something about you that was so different that accessed heaven and we could start to see open heavens in our workplaces we could start to see prayer meetings raised up we could start to see that in our schools in our universities we could start to see it in our houses with our neighbors wouldn't that be amazing but let me tell you We've got to change, and that's me too. We've got to change. We've got to grow up, church. If we want that Acts 2 church mandate, if we want to see that, if we want to move in the same authority, if we want to move in the same signs and wonders and miracles as they did, we've got to change. Some things have got to change. Some things have got to change. Say to your neighbor, some things have got to change. Okay, so are you prepared, are we prepared to pay the price? I, I keep popping, and I'm sorry about that, on my peas. So um, are we prepared to pay the price to get where we need to get to? Are we prepared to pay the price? Matthew 7, verse 
verse 13 and 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Ooh, ow, ow. What destruction are you entering into through your wide gate? I don't know. But I know the narrow gate is calling me. I know that God is stripping things back in my life. I know that God is getting me to a place where I will enter through the narrow gate because I don't want to walk through that wide gate. I've been a Christian for 22 years now. And I tell you, a lot of my Christian life was playing. I didn't think so at the time. I thought, if you'd asked me at the time, I thought I was this on fire going for it Christian because I was happy to tell anybody about Jesus. But the reality is I was happy to tell anybody about Jesus uh, with a drink in my hand, at the pub, a bit drunk, all of these sorts of things, okay? And I'm just being real with you, just being real with you. And that was probably half of my Christian walk. That's how I spent my life. But if you'd have said to me at the time, I thought I was radical. I thought I was on fire for Jesus. I mean, come on. But it's a process of refinement. But we've got to start to accelerate that refinement in this, in this church if we're going to start to achieve some of the things that we are praying into as a church. Are you here? Okay. All right. So only a few find that narrow gate because only a few are prepared to pay the price. That's the reality of life. The reality of life. Even success tells us that. All right. So to be a successful person, what must you do? Put in a lot of effort. Okay, that is the reality. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. If you want to achieve greatness, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, if you want to do mighty exploits for Jesus, the only way is through getting in the word and it is through prayer and worship, spending time with him in the word and in conversation. They're the only two things that are going to do it. Then you've got to add in regular church attendance, okay? You've got it. well, you can't take that out. They're free together, really. So they're like the Trinity. But uh, you, you can't have, you, you can't not be coming to church, doing them things and thinking that everything's all right. Um, you know, it's just, and this is not just our church. This is indicative of the national picture, the national picture of churches. But God has called us to something specific in this church, and if we're going to achieve it, we've got to grow up, guys. We've got to grow up. We've got to dig in. We've got to push a bit harder. You know, life is tough. I know that. Life is not easy. Things are hard, but Jesus isn't a magic wand. And the sooner we recognize as soon as we recognize that, the easier things get. If we just first acknowledge life is going to be hard, Jesus is not a magic wand, then actually things just get a little bit easier in our mind. But the problem is we start to get into a mindset because of you know, rogue teaching that we hear in other places. We get into this mindset that an altar call will sort out all my problems. I'm just here to tell you I love you all, but me praying for you ain't going to sort out your problems. Okay, it is not going to sort them out. The only thing that's going to sort out your problems is consistent time in the word, consistent time in prayer, consistent time in worship, consistent time coming to church, consistent time serving, consistent time fellowshipping with other believers. These are the only things that will help you. That is it. There are no shortcuts. I'm so sorry about that. I'm sorry for myself. You know, I'm a single mum. I don't actually have much time. Um, and so, you know, it's hard. But you've got to dig deep. The reality is, what do I want my life to look like? 
You know, I, I am, one of the things that I worry about most, okay, this is the thing that keeps me awake at night. Do you want to know what keeps Lindsay awake at night? What is my fear? My fear is missing it. My fear is not stepping into my destiny. My fear is not accessing that which God has for me because I know where God has called me to. But I tell you now, it is, it is like, it feels like sometimes, it's like ascending, you know, uh, what's the highest mountain? Mount Everest. It's like, I feel like I'm Bear grills trying to get up a mountain. You know, that's how it feels sometimes. And it can get like that trying to access our calling. You know, in our early years, we think we've got all the time in the world and our calling is just going to float in. And then all of a sudden, we have to get to a point where we realise, actually, to access that which God has for us, we've got to dig in deep. And so my biggest fear is that I will miss it, not because of God, because I know that God is holding my, anointing, my, my calling there. But actually, my fear is that I will miss it because I'm being lazy or apathetic. Okay? That is the reality, church. We don't lose what God has called us to because God isn't faithful. We lose it because of our apathy and our laziness. And I'm sorry to have to be the one that is bringing this news today. Because me, I love a nice message. I love fluff and love. That's what I love. Bunny rabbits, tickles, praying for people, weeping together. But I feel that this is what God wants to do this morning. He wants to give us some sober judgment. You know, the Bible says, look at yourself with sober judgment so you won't think of yourself more lofty than you are, all right? And we need to start to look at ourselves <clears throat> with sober judgment. I look at myself with sober judgment. I find myself wanting. I find myself wanting. My prayer life is not where it should be. Okay, for someone that's been saved 23, uh, 22 years, is not where it should be. For someone who knows the things and has walked through the things I've walked through, is not where it should be. Okay, and I'm just I'm saying that to you to say that we are on this journey together. But guys, if we are going to achieve these things, if I'm going to get to where I see God calling me to, this is the sort of stuff I've got to do. Are we here? Okay. All right. So life is tough. Jesus isn't a magic wand. Let's get that revelation. Prayer responses ain't going to change your life, okay? We do them because we love you and we want to see breakthrough. But the reality is that alone, you know what? Actually, an altar call will shift some things. But I tell you what, if you don't consistently reapply, it will come back. This is the challenge. I'm going through some things at the minute and um, I'm doing kind of this. One foot forward, one step back. One foot forward, one step back, okay? God, God is calling me um, to really uh, sort myself out in terms of some healing, all right? Now, you all saw me give a testimony about being healed from arthritis. I've seen myself healed from gallstones. But um, there's some things, some other niggly little things that I, I need to see breakthrough in. And um, I have to admit, the other week it got me down and I decided I'm going to go doctors. That's it. I've had enough, Lord. I've anointed myself with all for two days. Yeah, two, do- uh, two days. Yeah, that's, that's going to work. Yeah, two days for breakthrough. Yeah, that, that's how hard I pushed. Two days, people. Okay. And um, I decided to go to the doctors. Now, I went to the doctors. <laughs> and um, listen, I like the doctors. The doctors are good. If you've got a big problem, if you've got cancer, if you've had a stroke, if you need your leg cut off, Go to the doctors, okay? They're going to help you. They're going to send you to hospital. But there are some things that doctors will just not help you with. 
Okay, I'm just telling you now. There are some things that only God can do. Okay, and um, the Lord, I know that the Lord has had me on this journey. So I shouldn't have even got the doctors anyway, but I decided to. And do you know what this doctor said to me? I was telling him about my problem. You know what they said? They said, just think positively, I'm sure it's going to be all right. I kid you not. This woman looked me in my face and said to me, think positively, it'd be all right. Think positively. What is that? Think positively. It's not that I was going with like a mental health problem or something. It's actual physical ailment. Think positively. Think positively. Ah, oh, I tell you, I was shocked about that for days. I walked out of that doctor's surgery and I just burst into like laughter. And I said to the Lord, I am sorry. I am sorry, Lord. I repent. I should not have gone to that doctor. That was our foolishness. Get me that anointing oil back out. What foolishness was I doing? I know what you were calling me to do, but I've been lazy and I decided to try and get my answer from man, not from you. And so I'm telling you this morning, Get stuff dealt with in the prayer room. Don't worry about these people because they don't have an answer anyway. Don't have an answer. Half the time, GPs are doing guesswork at best. That's the reality. If you go to the doctors regularly, half of it is guesswork. Um, and that's not their fault. That's because they're just trained in, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple things. And so half of it's guesswork. So forget about it. <laughs> Foolishness. Okay, so we've got to grow up, people. We've got to grow up. So uh, Hebrews 5, if we can have that on the screen. Hebrews 5, verse 11 to 14. There you go. There's much more I would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. And instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Wow. <laughs> that is sobering. If that doesn't sober us this morning, I don't know what will. That is a serious bit of scripture, especially since you are spiritually dull. Huh. That was me last week when I went to that doctor. I was being spiritually dull. Some of us in this church have been in church for 20, well, 10, 15, 20 years, and yet we're still asking pastor, ministerial team members to pray for us. I'm not knocking it, okay? There are times when we need prayer. Look, when my marriage broke down, I was, you know, prayer from everyone. I would have had prayer from the dog, okay? If I had one. I don't have one. But, uh, you know. So there are times, extra special times of crisis. But for mundane things, we've got the, we've got the stuff. You know, a film I used to watch says we've got the minerals. We've got it. I don't know if anybody used to watch Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Is that just me? Great film. Anyway, you've got the minerals. You've got it in you. You've got the stuff in you. Jesus deposited stuff by the Holy Spirit. We have 
authority in us to declare things that we want to see in our life. So we go back to those goals and dreams I was talking about earlier. What do you want your life to look like? Speak it. It goes back to that dream I had where I was in the toilet. This dream has kind of um, lived with me a bit. Um, and many of you heard it where I was in the toilet over there and someone was saying that they were struggling with their life. They were struggling a little bit about how uh, they needed money, they needed breakthrough in this area. And um, people in the toilet from this church were comforting them and saying, oh, don't worry, it'll be all right, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. And I just got this revelation in the toilet. I said, it will not be all right. It actually won't be all right. It's not going to be all right. The only thing that's going to make it all right is if you come into church and you start worshipping the Lord and you get yourself sorted and you start coming regularly to church. Yeah, that was the other thing. This person wasn't coming to church very regularly. I said, it's not, it's not going to get sorted unless you start coming to church and plugging in regularly and doing the right things. Because if you're not doing your ABCs, you're not going to see breakthrough. So what do you want your life to look like? What sort of things do you want to achieve for God? What do you want in your marriage? What do you want in your personal life? What, do, what house do you want? What do you want? Because if you are following the right ABCs, these things are achievable. What's the scripture? Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. God knows you need a house to live in. Right? He's not a fool. He knows you need a house. He knows you need a nice comfortable bed because you've got an old back like mine. He knows you need those things. And so he will do it. He'll provide those things. If you want money, you can access money in other ways. But we've got to start to follow our ABCs, guys. Get into church on time. You know, it's, look, I'm just being real. It is not acceptable before the Lord. It's not acceptable. I know there are certain circumstances, okay? Everyone has one-offs. But if we're getting to church late every single week, that is not honoring God. It's just not. It's just not. What about if I went round to Stephen Charlotte's house? What if they invited me round for dinner? Charlotte's been cooking all day because, I don't know, maybe she likes to impress with cooking. I know I do. If, if, I'm, if I'm cooking for you, I'll be planning that meal the night before. I'll be out buying things. I'll be seeing what works with this. But I don't know what Charlotte's like. I'm sure she is like that. So I'm going around there. She's been preparing for that food. It's uh, looking nice. She's excited. She's set the dinner table. She's sorted stuff out. And then I turn up at the door and I say... Hi, they greet me and I just, before they even get a word out, I go, actually, um, I've got about an hour and a half, um, so can we just, you know, move through the chit-chat, um, because I just need to be back home because, uh, I don't know, America's Next Top Model's on and I haven't seen it this week and I think my catch-up might be broken. What do you think she's going to say to me? Hopefully she'd slap me in the face because that's what I deserve, just saying. <laughs> But yet, some of us, a lot of us, all of us at some point, me at some point, that's how we've treated God's house. We turn up and we have an expectation that people better entertain us. We say the worship team, but that worship this morning, 
Yeah, that wasn't all that this morning. I prefer it when so-and-so leads, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when they lead, they really get me going. Hang on, I've got a little note. <laughs> that person's job is not to get you going. Do you know whose job it is? It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Okay? It's your job to get yourself going. That is the job. Okay? It's your job to get yourself out of bed in the morning. It is your job to set your alarm the night before. It's your job to check the timetable on the buses. It's your job to do these things. Look, I know this place is hard to get to for bus people and for public transport. I know that. All right? I know that. But I haven't always driven. In fact, I only passed my test about mm, seven years ago, okay? And so I used to have to bus it to church. And um, I used to be really slapdash. Sometimes I'd make it, sometimes I wouldn't. And I'd be walking fast to get the bus because I left my house late and all these sort of foolish things. And um, I got to a point where I had to say to myself, Lindsay, even if you have to crawl across broken glass on a floor, you're getting to church. I had to get to that point because I was being, I was being slapdash with meeting in the house of God. And I knew that it was not going well with my soul. I knew that my life would not follow the things that I wanted because I was doing that. We've got to sort it out, church. We've got to sort it out. We can't be coming late. We can't be missing church regularly just for any old thing. We, we can't be doing it. If we're going to go to where I really believe we're going, okay, we're going to be seeing revival in this church. We're going to be having people bringing sick people to our church because there's an answer in this church. We are going to be seeing not, not small, small miracles, not just like, you know, a bit of arthritic hip healed, right, because someone run around the church. We're going to be starting to see people get out of wheelchairs. We're going to be starting to see cancer disappear, people having reports. We're going to start to see these things. People coming from outside who have got messed up lives, drugs, alcohol abuse, and they're coming and they're getting right with God and they're falling at the altar and they're crying out, what must I do to be saved? We are going to start to see some of these things in this church, but we can't do it alone. We can't do it with 20% of the church on board with that vision. It takes all of us. You know, say to your neighbor, God needs you. God needs each and every single one of us in this church. You know, we're in an amazing church whereby we are very, very happy um, to uh, release people into anything. You know, to be on this ministerial team, standing up here serving bread, you don't have to be amazing in like, you don't have to have gone to some holy school of holiness, okay? Really, all you need, okay, is to have gone through the training in the church, okay? Simple. Is that simple? Turn up go through the training, and come and serve. Okay, There are certain things that you have to serve in, but really, it's about carrying weight. That's what that job is about, not about standing up the front. But any of you can come and do that. If you're ready to carry weight and to do the things of requirement, you can do that. That's the beauty of this church. We're here to make leaders, to equip people, but we've got to grow up. We've got to grow up. We can't carry that mantle into our workplaces, into our schools, into our neighborhoods, unless we start to do the ABCs, unless we start to do those right things consistently. Okay? It takes consistency. Say to your neighbor, it takes consistency. Okay, all right, my time is nearly up. So this is what we're going to do.
Um, I want us to pray. I want us to spend a bit of time praying. So uh, maybe if I could have just some of the worship team. In fact, listen to the prayer response, and then whoever's not responding can come. (laughs) How about that? All right, there are people in this room that I've said are called to apostolic um, apostolic sort of things. They've got visions, they've got dreams in their heart to plant churches, to um, be used of God, to be a sphere of influence in their, in their sphere of influence, in their sector, okay? So I want those people that feel that they've got that leadership, that apostolic sort of anointing or calling on them, okay? And uh, I want you to just go and find someone else you don't know and pray for one another. I want you to pray for one another because you know what? You don't need me to pray for you. You don't need anybody else. You're already called to lead. So you just got to get on and do it, okay? So I don't want to see um, Io um, and Madam down the front here because they need to be going around praying for other people. Kai and Philippa, I don't need to see you here. You know, there are people that have got already a call on them to do stuff. And so you need to be standing in agreement and praying with others for that thing that is within you to come forward. Does that make sense? All right. <clears throat> and then secondly, I want to pray for people that are feeling... When I was uh, preparing, I just uh, I felt that there were people that, that are desperate to sort of move forward in their walk with God, but they just feel stuck. Life has gotten too much... There are too many pressures. The enemy has got them bound up in different ways, but they really want to move forward, but they just feel stuck. If that's you, I want to pray with you down the front. Um, that all right? So let's move now. So for those of you that feel stuck, that want some prayer because you want to move forward, I'm going to pray with you down here. And for those other ones, there's no judgment, all right? We're all in this together. Um, and those other ones, I want you to get up, move around, and start praying with one another. All right? Um, before we start praying, I just want to encourage us to hear what the Spirit of God is saying through Lindsay's heart. Um, the Lord is obviously highlighting that we need to grow into maturity. And there are issues in our lives that we are allowing ourselves to indulge in, which at this stage in our development, we really shouldn't be if we're serious about moving forward with God. Um, she wasn't saying that, um, that GPs are rubbish and the NHS is rubbish and don't ever go to a doctor because they don't know what they're doing. We thank God for GPs. We thank God for the NHS. She was referring to a specific word that God had given her concerning her healing that she wasn't responding to. Um, and so I want us to hear her heart and what the Spirit of God is saying to her, through her. Um, so I'd like us to stand. I'd like the worship team, if you could start. And if you heard the Lord speak to you and touch an area in your life, then we need to respond because I do believe the Lord was speaking through Lindsay. And I do believe that the Lord is highlighting areas in each of our lives. And it may have made us feel slightly uncomfortable But that's okay, because there are times when Jesus spoke and it made people feel uncomfortable. But the Bible says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And the way we harden our heart is when we hear what the person says, we think, well, who do you think she is? What's she talking about? No. That's how we harden our heart. Oh, no, that's not me. When you know very well some of the things she mentioned, you did it even this morning. 
or you doing it last week, or it's things that you've been doing. So I'd like us to raise our hands as the worship team um, start worshiping, and I want us to respond to the Lord, and then as Lindsay has said, come to the front for prayer, and those of you who are leaders, allow the Lord to lead you to go and pray and minister to those who need ministry within the congregation. So if we could raise that song. Spirit break Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down Some of the ministerial team are going to need to come and help break pray, if that's okay. Break walls, break our walls down. Holy Spirit, Spirit break out. Heaven come down, heaven come down. Our Father, our Father, all of heaven your name sing louder let this place erupt with praise can you hear it the sound of heaven touching earth the sound of our father our father all of heaven roars your name sing louder let this place hear up with praise can you hear it the sound of heaven touching the sound of heaven touching us spirit break out spirit break out break down our walls break our walls down Spirit break out, Spirit break out. 
break down our walls. Break our walls down. Holy Spirit, Spirit, break out. Heaven come down. Heaven come down. Holy Spirit, Spirit, break out. Break our walls.